What's up everyone? Welcome back to Handy Schlepped. Today we are going to talk about being a millennial and having faith. Coming all up on Handy Schlepped. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the show, my beautiful Crips and Walkers. Today is Monday, February 1st. 2021. Man, is this year going fast already. So much has happened in the first month that a lot of you, I'm sure, have had many conversations about. There's just a lot going on in this crazy world, but in a crazy world comes a lot of faith, and we're continuing our next episode in this little series all on faith. Last week, we talked about what it's like to live life with a disability and what that means on having faith. What does faith look like from a disabled perspective? And does being disabled affect how you view faith and your relationship with God, etc.? Today, we're going to do it a little bit more by generation. Um, I'm also a millennial, so I thought it'd be interesting to kind of have a little discussion on being a millennial and having faith, or being a millennial and your perception of faith. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And as usual, what I like to do for these type of episodes and scenarios, I love to do reflection. So again, for... Um, this week's episode, I distributed, excuse me, I distributed a list of questions on my social media for people to observe, think about, and reflect upon. And um, some of them did this anonymously, of course, because faith and religion is obviously a very sensitive topic for a lot of people. But here are the questions that I initially posted last week for millennials to answer. Why is there a decline in church attendance among millennials? Is church unnecessary or irrelevant to you? What do millennials not like about church? Are millennials too busy or tired for church? Do you feel as though pastors are inauthentic or fake? Do millennials think the church is too controlling and full of hypocrites? And does church avoid talking about the real issues, real taboo issues, such as mental illness, abortion, LGBTQ+, racism, secret sins, etc. Granted, some of these questions could have been worded a little bit differently, but the same message came out the same. And I got a decent amount of responses in these questions because, you know, I just like to pose questions like this and I like to hear your thoughts all about them. And when I'm going back through all these questions and people's answers, Um, I had a little bit of a predisposition on what the results would be. And turns out I was pretty close. 
and in a listing order um that some of the top ones as i filter through these answers are priorities and hypocrisy and authenticity i look at these and i think about how these have affected my own perspective on being a millennial in a church environment as well. But also among my peers with millennials being part of one of the most creative and smart working generations so far. Part of our motto is, is work smarter, not harder. And how we like to be innovative. We like to be intuitive to solve modern problems with modern solutions. That's one of the strengths I would say is part of the millennial generation. And with that said, we also grew up at a time during a bubble of just great technological advancement. We saw the innovation and invention of the iPod back in 2001. Therefore, we saw the transfer of carrying around the CD players with us and going from that to digital music. We saw the evolution of the internet. How a lot of us started off with, you've got mail and AOL and dial-up internet and how all that has just advanced so much and so fast in 20 plus years to the point it's not even funny how greatly we have witnessed these things. Look at the iPhone. Look at how social media has taken over our lives. Before 2005, 2004, that wasn't a thing at all. Everything was chat rooms, AOL Instant Messenger, maybe MySpace. That was slowly kind of coming around. For me, at least, that didn't get big until middle school. Um, So around 2005, 2006 era, that's when MySpace in my perspective at least was all over the place and then of course to get something else to get something new uh, that's when Facebook really started to take over outside of universities Um, then you get Twitter so on and so forth and then going to smartphones and apps and everything is at your fingertips all the knowledge of the world You have instant access to your loved ones at the touch of a screen. Everywhere you go, no matter, almost no matter where you are, everything is right there. Instant gratification, instant hookups, instant dates, instant sex, instant pornography, instant whatever your heart desires. It's yours. What a time to grow up. And with all that said, a lot of that has had 
an impact in how the millennials perceive church, faith, and God himself. And like I was saying, this list, this list comes out to what are our priorities, our perception of church hypocrisy, and lack of authenticity. Let's start with priorities. I want to read some of these entries that were given to me. Um, their names shall remain anonymous. Uh, the post on social media has since been deleted, all for the protection of their identities. And going to the questions, um, one young man writes in regard to why is there a decline in church attendance. He says, because there are fewer believers, and those that do believe are increasingly cutting the middle man from their relationship with God. To go further in regards to the relevancy of faith among millennials, he says, church is maybe not totally irrelevant at best. It functions like a personal trainer, holds you accountable, supports you, motivates you, etc., but is unnecessary to become fit. At worst, the church is an indoctrinization engine and muddles up the personal relationship with God. Very interesting perspective, although I'm not too unfamiliar with it. I've heard these type of views on church quite frequently. Whereas on the other side, someone on the list said something in the lines of, why is there a decline in church attendance? This person says, because we were largely raised in situations that don't promote it. We have some of the most divorced families of any generation. Our parents were already less likely to attend church. It was systematically removed from school and extracurriculars like Boy and Girl Scouts. And we haven't had many crises that would lead us to God, COVID being arguably one of the first of our adult lives. That's an interesting point, actually. You read it in the history books, you just learn history in general. You see how all the different generations have epic moments that are so tragic that they are ingrained into the collective mind of that generation. So you got Pearl Harbor, other events, you could say like the Great Depression. Before that, you have uh, World War One, of course, uh, the Spanish flu outbreak, and you have like Titanic, etc., etc. Or go a little bit the other way, and you have World War II, of course. Just before that, you have the rise of the Nazi party in the beginning of the Holocaust. Uh, after all that, you got, you know, you have the Korean War. You have the time of 
the Cold War, Vietnam, all this protesting, you have the sexual revolution, and so on and so forth. You have all these different pinpoints in history, specifically here the 20th century, and so on. And then you come to the millennials. And that's when the world really started to change. In my opinion, this is a time when the world truly stopped making any sense. This is the time, 90s onward, you have the, the rise of school shootings. You got students who have become so fed up with bullying and mental illness. Put that all together and you have this public display an increase of students taking matters into their own hands, killing their own classmates because it just became too much. Of course, you have 9-11 when we thought we would, we were the safest country and the biggest superpower in the world. And we get a huge terrorist attack right here on our own turf. These are kind of things that happen somewhere else, not here at home. And we grew up watching these things. And now we have COVID. And we watch all these things and we experience them collectively. This isn't supposed to happen to us. This is the United States of America. And this is when we really see our vulnerability that we too can be hit hard. We too can be hurt. No longer the greatest country in the world in some regards. And that's the reality that the millennials had to witness, adopt, and abide under. That Sometimes the world truly just does not make sense. And what do we try to do? As usual, we try to rationalize it rather than go to God, as we saw in times past. You see this in the 17th, 18th, and 19th, and 20th century with the different intellectual movements that took away or skimmed down the biblical authority that this country abided under. These intellectual movements of deism, Darwinian evolution, modernism and postmodernism, and pluralism that tried to take away ultimate truth, objective truth that said that there are multiple ways to God, that there are multiple truths, that all truth, not just some truths, but that all truth is subjective, that all is relative. It's these misguided philosophies, these philosophies that we have observed, taken for us 
to apply and dismantling, discrediting, and breaking down the authority and the truth of biblical faith and Christianity as we know it. When the world stopped making sense, we decided that scripture and God no longer made sense either. And I think these are the responses that I'm getting collectively and in this discussion. Discussions of, we don't prioritize God anymore. We have science, we have all these discoveries, we have all these intellectuals and reasoning and being rational that can take away the dependency on God and his word. This generation has expounded upon that after the baby boomers with all of their cultural and sexual revolutions breaking away from the traditional values, breaking away from the values seen in the Bible. And we're merely the torch, we're merely carrying the torch away from that generation and blowing it up completely. Going off of Friedrich Nietzsche saying, God is dead. We have killed him in the sense that we have proper reasoning now. We have science. We have facts. We don't need God. We have our own understanding to lean on. We don't need to lean on an imaginary man in the sky. We don't need to lean on false magic and supposed miracles that we see in scripture. No, we're the smart intellectual generation. And that has been the biggest kick for us. But I also believe based on these results and the rest of the list for millennials' perception on faith, I think personally, no pun intended, a lot of it is personal matters and moral matters. Yeah, the church is no longer a priority for us. Sometimes we say we're too busy and that God is merely an accessory now. And everything is virtual. Just go on a virtual church. Just go online and watch it from the comfort of your home. I don't need to be around other people. And that's the mindset. Especially when they give the common response of, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I don't know about you, but that's one of my biggest pet peeves in regards to why people excuse themselves from going to church, plugging themselves into a church family, into a church community, to grow in God's word, to be fed in God's word, and to edify each other, to be accountable 
for each other, pray for each other, and help each other be blessed. But the third point that I want to look at does make some sense. And when I was talking to other people personally about this as to why they refrain from church or why do you think millennials have a pessimistic or skeptical look at church and faith, they say, you know, the pastors and the church folk, they're just not real. They're inauthentic and they're hypocrites. See, sometimes that's what it really comes down to. How do church people look at you and treat you? Did they welcome you into God's kingdom with arms wide open? Or did they judge you and tear you apart? Did they study you and break you down? Do they not preach God's word? Or better yet, do they not practice what they preach? And I think that's another big issue in the heart of the matter. The genuine hypocrisy, that's funny, but how we're just not connecting with each other. Well, I should say yet, the biggest issue here is the pastors are not really connecting with the millennials because they are avoiding the real issues. What are the big issues right now among this generation especially? For one thing, we're very much more open about things than generations of the past. We're a lot more vocal and public about what's going on in our heads. And the biggest one, if not one of them, mental illness. I've never seen anyone so much more vocal and open and raw about the struggles of mental illness than the millennials. And it's issues like these, the real issues that we struggle with on a daily basis that seems to not be computing with some of these pastors, these older pastors that come from a different world than do the millennials. And we're getting this idea with priorities and hypocrisy that the impression of maybe God's word isn't as authoritative as the past. Getting millennials to think that maybe God's word and going to church isn't really as important as other areas of my life. I have other things in my life to do. And it's so unfortunate to see this among my generation, to see them going away from God's word because of how it has been mishandled and misguided, not only in the sense of improper teaching, but lack of relatability. I think that's something I've struggled with myself. Sometimes I get 
that way and say the pastor doesn't know how to communicate with me. He doesn't understand me. How can I go in a place of worship where I'm not related with, where I'm not understood, and where I'm not welcome? And I want to go down here again a little bit and look at some of this. Look at the virtual church. Look at how much all these churches are staying on virtual services because it's convenient. Not just because of COVID, that's one thing, but how it has softened our devotion and dependency on church and made us lazy for going to church. Slowing down our pursuit after God's own heart. One person, when asked, what do millennials not like about church? This person says, can't say for all of us, but for me, I disliked hypocrisy and had to find a church that aligned with me as a person, i.e., I never liked how in the song Spirit in the Sky, the singer says, I'm not a sinner, I've never sinned. I've got a friend in Jesus. It's a good song, by the way, but I do agree with her analysis of the lyrics. She says, like, wait, no, of course you sin, you goober. And that's another thing, too, with how much we have desensitized ourselves to not only the importance of church and being spiritually fed in his word, but how much we are desensitized to sin. I've mentioned this a week or two ago that no one likes to be called a sinner. We may talk about sin, but we're not talking about us all being sinners in need of a one-way, one-truth, and one-life Savior that is in Jesus Christ. Instead, we're introduced, my generation is introduced to all these different pathways, and I've never seen people so lost. I see everyone nowadays especially on social media, that sense of, look at me, me, myself, and I. That sense of entitlement. That it's all about me, me, me. I'm going to work on myself, me, me, me. On one hand, that's understandable. And on the other hand, that's another way and excuse for us to reject the love, grace, and rebirth in Jesus Christ because we want to find our own way. That's the way it's always been for the millennials. Finding our own way, trying to be unique, which is fine in one way, no pun intended, but it's also greatly stripping away the authenticity and truth of the Bible, Christianity, and faith altogether. Because we are so hyper-focused 
on ourselves. How many likes we can get. How many followers we can get. How many people we can get to hear our voices. Because we have this sense of entitlement that our voice is so much more important than other things. That we need that sense of validity to feel worthy. That sense of attention to have value. And it has blinded my generation so much. Looking for other truths that are confirmation bias for our own thing instead of looking at truth objectively. Trying to find our own little truths that comfort us and affirm our feelings rather than looking at things at face value. Looking at the facts. Looking at maybe there are or maybe there is an objective truth there. Maybe there is an almighty God that loves me, that cares for me, that created me. But first, let me check my Facebook notifications. Let me see how many likes I got in my new Instagram photo. Let me see how many comments I got that affirms my beauty, that affirms my identity in these things. Look at me working out. Am I amazing? We've adopted this mindset um, from the 1970s with the participation award movement. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but that's where it's really started. And we have full on taken it into our own hands. Saying, we are the millennials. We are the creative ones. We are the ones that are intuitive. We are innovative. It's all about us. I don't need to prioritize church in my life. I have everything I need because I did it all myself. It's all about me, myself, and I. Granted, that's a little heavy, but there are some as well who are millennial and are great in their faith. You know, again, it's important to look at things objectively. But at the end of the day, where is your truth? And I know people have hurt you. I know many in the church are hypocrites. I faced many of them myself. Heck, I've probably been one. But thank God for his saving grace of his son Jesus Christ to wash away those sins and to change us. Thank God for that. And it's very easy to make church more of an inconvenience to make faith an inconvenience, to make God himself an inconvenience. Because sometimes all of us, I'm going to say, not just millennials, but all of us like to think, you know what, God, 
I just can't fit you into my schedule today. I just can't put you into my life right now. Maybe later, but first, God, I have other things to do. Things that I need to accomplish before I can surrender myself. And you know what? That's one of the biggest lies. For we see in scripture, we are to not lean on our own understanding, but on the Lord God and his understanding and his will. I tell you today, there is a God and he is recorded in his word in scripture at objective truth face value. He loves you. He created you. And he's waiting for all of us to let go of ourselves, to let go of thinking we need to figure it all out, to let go of our own understanding and to completely depend on him in all ways, through all things. That is the God of the Bible. And that is the God in church. That is the truth that we are choosing to avoid, to miss out on, because we don't have time for him, and that his people have become their own hypocrites, giving millennials a false impression of God. And I pray for them. I pray for all of us. So if you're listening right now, why don't we all pray together? Dear gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for all, first of all, who are listening to this podcast. For all who are lost without you, Lord God, for all who have turned away from you because of trying to figure out things their own way, turned away from you because of hypocrisy in the church, which is understandable, who have turned away from you because science has taken over. Science has killed you and your word. All of us thinking at times that we don't need to trust you anymore because we can trust in other things. Yet you work through science, not cancel each other out, but you work through all things in life, Lord God. You make all life possible. You make our lives possible. We trust in you and we surrender to you. In your grace and in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of Handy Schlepped. We are going to continue our series next week talking about the rich young man in Mark chapter 10. 
Now, I'm going to be preaching on this passage of scripture at my church in an upcoming sermon. And I thought it would be a cool idea to make it into a podcast episode. So next week, we're going to talk about how our possessions in many different ways obstructs our relationship with God and blocks our salvation. So tune in next week and we will talk all about it. If you'd like to continue the conversation, go to patreon.com slash to help continue the show. Go to my Facebook at facebook.com slash Jordan Schrader. Or you can email me at jordanrobert71 at gmail.com and bring your comments, questions, conundrums, whatever you have in all those areas, and we will continue this conversation. Until then, thank you for listening. God bless you, and stay classy. Take care.